Ooh-ah. Welcome to episode two of the One British Man English podcast with me, Lee Passmore. That noise you heard at the beginning was a cross between a pirate and a farmer. So if you want to speak the Devonshire dialect, which is where I'm from in England, you need to finish every sentence with a ooh Today you're going to meet my dad, you lucky, lucky people. My dad is from Devon, and today we're going to have a chat with him about his favourite place in Devon and why he loves it so much. Don't panic if you don't understand everything in the interview. There will be a part two to this episode where we will learn the expressions and the idioms used in the conversation between my father and I. As always, grab yourself a cup of tea. Let's get started. Before we jump headfirst into the interview with my dad, I wanted to give you some context as to why I chose this topic and why we're going to talk about this very special place. The Back Beach. It's a beach in a little fishing town called Tynmouth in the southwest of England. And it's a place very close to my heart, very close to my father's heart. We wanted to share with you some information about this place because as a tourist, when you visit England, Often you head to London. Very rarely do people jump on a train and head south to the beautiful Devonshire countryside and coastal towns. I want to share my experiences with you. I want to share my father's experiences with you so that next time you go on holiday to England, you think, hey, there was an English guy once who talked about this amazing town in the southwest of England. Maybe we should head there. Yes, you should. Here's the interview. We can do a fake phone call like this. Bring, bring. Bring, bring. Hello. Oh, hi, Dad. How's it going? Hello. <laughs> oh, great. How are you? <laughs> yeah, good. All cool. Quiet. Good, yeah. Cool. We're going to have a little chat about... Um, your favorite place I would say in the world we're gonna have a chat today about the back beach and the ship in yeah where's your favorite place in the world as you know I'm not that well traveled but I'm grateful to live just five miles from the sea and by that seaside there's um, a river mouth and there's a, a, a really quite a rough piece of beach that looks onto that uh, estuary and that's known locally as the back beach. It's unspoiled. There's a couple of pubs. There's local people. There's fishing boats. There's fishing equipment. It's it's not full of... There's not a McDonald's yet. I was thinking about why I loved it so much. And I think it was what you said about the lack of tourism, which is the attraction. What is your draw to this place? What attracts you the most? I think I think it is mainly that. I mean, Torquay, which is far more famous as a resort, is only maybe a 10-minute drive down the road, which is known as the English Riviera. That's where people head for. Tor Bay is the place to go. Tynmouth is slightly more old-fashioned in its seafront, tends to draw older people. But 
the back beach is just away from it. And people that stumble across it often think they've discovered something that's hidden. I thought it's like a, a hidden gem, but it's not something that you want tourists to find as a local resident. I often hear holidaymakers talking so passionately about it, and it just makes me even more grateful to be there and have it so close to hand. Through the winter, it's great anyway, because there are no tourists, so you get the place to yourself. We have been there. We have been the only ones on the beach um, with, a, with a bowl of soup. In February, we have been there and done that. <laughs> Why did you have a bowl of soup? Because it was damn cold. <laughs> just to warm up? Yeah, just because we couldn't go through the whole winter without going to the back beach. A bowl of soup and a pint of bitter. <laughs> what about the music inside the pub this is a big part of the culture here and not just here but many seaside towns i think in britain you have this uh, live music culture obviously this is a big selling point for them when is the music what type of music is uh, played in this pub well there's for tim have been such a small seaside town I think there's in a region of 20 pubs around the place, all really quite close at hand. You could probably probably walk to 15 pubs within 10 minutes of each other. And many of them, especially on a Friday, Saturday night, more of them will have live music. But on a Sunday afternoon, Tynmouth has more than its fair share of live entertainment. So on a good day, you can find... One pub might have some music on at two o'clock till four with a break in the middle. And then another pub might start four till six. And the ship in, which is the pub you're talking about on the back beach, is always six till eight. And it's definitely not for the teenagers don't tend to follow that live music. I would say there's a more of a 35 to 50 year old age group. What do you think about the future of this place? I think we've talked before about the dangers of tourism overriding this authentic fishing town. What are your thoughts on that? We've spoken before about places and there are good examples in Cornwall where the tourism has just killed the town, really. I mean, the town is still there and they thrive on the back of the tourism, but they've lost their soul. They're selling pasties, they're selling ice creams and people keep coming, but... It's just lost its heart. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, that's the problem about telling too many people. I always think like, hmm, how many people have I told about this place? Oh, no. Maybe yeah, I'm I, contributing I, to the change. <laughs> yeah, I, I've, done, I've done exactly the same. I speak to people and then they're just raving about it. And they say, oh, this is, I, I can remember speaking to a couple from um, a family from Birmingham. And they were sat on the wall, on the back beach. And me chatting to them, and they were just so enthralled with the whole, the whole place and the friendliness. People are so friendly. It's all because it's just slower. It's just away from that big city rush. And when people move from London to Devon or Southwest, the property they sell will buy two properties down here. Yeah. So they're quids in. They've got nothing to lose. No, exactly. How do we keep them out? I don't know. I, I think there's a, there's probably room for some sort of uh, Trump-like wall. <laughs>
the beach we're talking about, as you know, to the right-hand side are the docks. And I live in fear of those docks becoming a development of flats and takeaways and restaurants. I've heard rumour of a marina, and I dread it because it just become another seaside clone of somewhere else. Hopefully it doesn't go down that path and there's some... I'm sure there'll be some locals with something to say about that. So, Yeah. I, I've spoken to a local councillor on this subject and he was clearly of the, it will be good for the town. It would be good for the town. But he's just talking on commerce, talking money. It won't be good for the people that live there. Of course, yeah. And unfortunately, we all know that money talks. I like the fact that the pub doesn't mind attracting local people who don't want to pay for the beer in the pub you can pop to the shop grab a few tinnies and just plonk yourself on the jetty instead i'm a follower of that rule (laughs) yeah i thought so (laughs) (laughs) um i mean like any pub in a great location it will charge more for its beer i mean when you look out of the window of that pub onto the estuary and the boats are bobbling and the, the sun is sparkling across the sea, you, you're going to pay for it. And it's dearer than other pubs in the town. So I thought if I ever lose you or lose contact with you and you haven't answered the phone for a few days and I say, where's dad? I'm a bit worried about him. I'd probably take a train <laughs> to the beach just walk out onto that seawall. Look over the edge to see if I'm down there. <laughs> yeah, hopefully not. Uh, I'd expect to find you there with, uh, well, depending on the weather, maybe a, a cup of soup. Maybe a rucksack with a can or two. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Thanks very much, Dad. And uh, I'll catch up with you later on. Okay. Been fun. Bye. Bye. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was my father. If you find yourself heading in the direction of England and you'd like some travel tips on Devon or Tynmouth, feel free to drop me a line. You can find my email at my website, which is www.speaktolee.com. So that concludes part one of this episode. We're going to head over to part two, where we'll do some language learning. We're going to extract some idioms and some expressions that were used in this interview. I'm going to learn them together and make them understandable so that you can use them yourself. There's going to be a short musical instrumental break and then we'll start part two. Welcome to part two of the episode. In this part, we're going to do some language learning together. The idea is to pick out the everyday English that you won't necessarily find in a textbook. We're going to use the interview with my father. and We're going to pick out the idioms, the expressions and some new vocabulary. We're going to try and keep this short and sweet, maybe about 10 minutes, because I don't want it to be too overwhelming with lots of new language. I'll try and keep some structure to this language learning so you understand how this can work for future episodes. 
We're going to start with the phrase or the expression or the idiom or the word. We're going to talk about the meaning of the word. We're going to put it into context so you can understand what my father was talking about. And then we're going to use some different examples so you can see how to use it in your everyday life as well. Okay, let's get started. As you know, I'm not that well traveled. My dad mentions that he is not that well traveled. If he is not well traveled, he has not traveled a lot. We often use well at the beginning of a word to emphasize the quantity. I can give you another example. He is not well respected. It basically means he is not respected a lot. What is your draw to this place? What attracts you the most? I asked my dad, what is your draw to this place? I use the word draw as a noun, which basically means your attraction to this place. We can also use this as a verb, which is actually more common, to draw something, and it means to attract something. If I put this into context, I could say, honey draws bees. It's the same as saying, honey attracts bees. And people that stumble across it. To stumble across something. A fantastic phrasal verb, stumble across. Let me explain this from a literal point of view. If you stumble, you trip and fall spontaneously. And usually it's by accident. So if you stumble across something, you usually find it by accident. Here's another example for you. I was in the library yesterday and I stumbled across this fantastic book on philosophy. I thought it's like a, a hidden gem. A hidden gem. A hidden gem is a word that you will find in lots of travel articles if you're planning a trip somewhere. A gem is a precious stone, also known as treasure. So if you find a hidden gem as a location, it's like finding hidden treasure. It's a secret place and one that is very, very special. And have it so close to hand. This is easier than you think. This is an idiom. If something is close to hand, it is literally close to your hand. It means you can reach it. It's within reach. In this case, we're talking about the back beach being close to hand. It means my dad does not live very far away and it's within reach. He can get there easily. Chinmouth has more than its fair share of live entertainment. To have your fair share of something. This is a fantastic phrase to emphasise the amount that you have. In this case, we're using Tinmouth as a town and we're talking about the amount of entertainment that this town has. So, Tinmouth has its fair share of entertainment. It has a lot of entertainment. Actually, in this sentence, we emphasise it even more by adding the words more than. So, Tinmouth has more than its fair share of entertainment. It has a lot in comparison to other towns. Let me give you another example for context. The boy had his fair share of problems during his teenage years. It means he had quite a lot of problems. If I use the word more than, the boy had more than his fair share of problems during his teenage years. Now he had a lot of problems and I'm comparing it to other boys.
the town is still there and they thrive on the back of the tourism. The town thrives on the back of tourism. Here we're talking about the town developing well, about the town thriving. And we're talking about on the back of tourism. On the back of means as a result of. So if I put this into context, we could say the company secured the contract on the back of its previous success. It secured the contract as a result of its previous success. The property they sell will buy two properties down here. Yeah. So the quid's in. They've got nothing to lose. This is a very British expression. Quid's in. A quid in England is a pound. So quid's in this way would be money. If you are quid's in, you are making profit on something or sometimes you are saving money on something. So in this case, we're saying, yeah, they're quids in because they come down to Tynmouth, they buy some property and it's much cheaper down here, which means they make a lot of money. They're quids in. You can think of it as quids in your pocket. You've got more money in your pocket. I've heard rumour of a marina and I dread it. I dread it. It means I'm scared of it. You would commonly hear this in the continuous tense as I'm dreading it. So if I give you some examples, I have an interview tomorrow. I'm dreading it. I've got some exams coming up next week. I'm dreading them. You can pop to the shop, grab a few tinnies and just plonk yourself on the jetty instead. Okay, I went full British on this sentence, so stick with me. This is the finale. I'll break it down into sections here. So, first of all, I said, you can pop to the shop. This word pop is used a lot in everyday English, usually with phrasal verbs like pop in, pop out, pop over. In this case, I said pop to the shop. Think about the word pop. Pop is a quick sound. It's a quick motion. So if I'm popping to the shop, I'm going to the shop quickly, not for a very long time. If I say pop over for a cup of tea, it means just come over for a short while. If I say I'm just popping out for a while, it means I won't be very long. The second part of this sentence is me grabbing a few tinnies. All you need to know here is tinnies is a slang word for cans of beer. The final part of this sentence is me plonking myself on the jetty. Think about the word plonk. It's very untidy and it's clumsy. And this is the movement that you make. If you plonk yourself somewhere, you sit down with a big thump on the ground. It's me expressing the fact that I'm not really choosing where I sit. I don't really care where I sit. I just put myself anywhere in a clumsy fashion. It was Friday night. John popped out to the shop. He grabbed a few tinnies and he plonked himself in front of the TV. But Lee, what's a jetty? I hear you ask. The jetty is the piece of land that sticks out over the water and it's where you moor your boat. You tie your boat to the jetty you also get on your boat from the jetty.
And that wraps up the episode for today. Thanks so much for listening. And remember, this is an interactive podcast. If you have any questions on the language that we've included today or the discussion that we've had, or you just want to say hello, you can join me in the Telegram group. There's a link in the comments below. There you can interact with me and other listeners and we can learn English together as one big happy family. If you know anyone else who's learning English, who's looking to motivate themselves in a different way and to find new resources for language learning, feel free to share this podcast. It's available on Spotify. It will be available on Apple very, very soon. And you'll find it across other podcasting platforms. Thank you very much. That's enough from me. Have a fantastic weekend and see you next week. Bye bye.